are live. We're live. It's happening. Always. <laughs> That's new. You don't usually say that. I know. It threw me off. Yeah. I, but I'm ready, though. Yeah. Got, like, caffeine flowing through my veins. Probably a bit too much. No. I'm not going to lie. No, I'm okay. I'm scared for you. I'm not. As I'm pouring more Red Bull into my cup. <laughs> you know, uh... We're actually... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brian. No, go ahead, because I'm going gonna, gonna to get into the actual topic, so I'd rather you get this out of the way, this caffeine-induced rant that's going to... No, gonna... I was just going to say we're recording live from the open-air studios at um, Brian's Garage Studios in well, the sunshiny West Dundee. All right, that's it. Go ahead, Brian. Get into the topic. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is there's so much to cover when when discussing this topic, and today we're going to be talking about the Israel-Palestine conflict, and this is... This is something that has been brewing for years. I mean, we can trace back the lineage to World War One, which we'll talk a little bit about some of the history involved. But it has escalated uh, a great deal uh, right now. And if you haven't been tuning into the news, it's very, very, very violent right now. And it's it's a scary thing to watch. Like I haven't seen, I haven't seen this type of footage since uh, Syria, where you know you're seeing you know so many so much collateral damage, right? With yeah. innocent civilians just being you know pulled out of rubble and stuff like that. I have not seen this kind of uh, documentation since then, and it's it's very off putting. Well, it's it's a truly bizarre thought and a scary thought too, because um, it's something that we really haven't seen in super recent history on our on our own shores you know what i mean you don't think about it oh yeah when they're talking about i mean they're literally launching rockets both sides are launching rockets at populated areas right you know what i mean yeah i mean we haven't seen that kind of destruction on on our land since 9-11 yeah um you know and, and usually anytime we're involved in any conflict it's some sort of foreign soil that's being yeah. affected. Never both around. world wars. Neither one of them we fought on our own soil. Right, and and then you the you know Pearl Harbor was the only attack, and and from then you know awoke the sleeping giant. But yeah. other than that, in general, uh, we haven't seen any fighting on our soil. Yeah, it's crazy. It's very very crazy yeah. to think about. And that, and you know they're now they're dealing with it on a daily basis. And what are we? How many days in are we? Uh, with this current conflict with Correct. Israel and Palestine, yes. uh, I think we're hitting like the 30-day mark. So a I think it was fighting. Yeah, and and it's just escalated further and further. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about like the U.S. role in this conflict. Like, what can it do to either mediate or, or you know, take a side? Should it take a side, etc. Um, you know, but I think it's best that we kind of give a little background. And and this is something that. You know, as a listener of the Mad Libs podcast, you might know some of the current events, but you don't know all of the background. So that's why I think it's important to kind of uh, take a step back and review how did we even get here, right? Right. So if we if we really want to concentrate on, well, why is there any conflict between the Israeli Palestine the Palestinian people? Um, it really stretches back to uh, World War One, and you know, during the Ottoman Empire rule, uh, Britain took over this this area, right? So, after World War One, they had to break up the Ottoman Empire, and uh, the land in Palestine was almost all Arab. Mm-hmm. But during World War One, 
you started to see, you know, refugees for, of, of Jewish descent move into Israel. And uh, we also had, after World War II, essentially Britain leave that, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens with World War One is you have a lot of, you know, to the victors go the spoils. Right. So a lot of areas in the world that were on the victor side, they got to take over those territories from the uh, loser side. And, you know, really it was the, the uh, natives of those lands that lost out the most, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were conquered by, you know, the Prussian or the Ottoman empires, and essentially, the the victors got to take over all those spoils, and and it's very unfortunate. So World War II, as part of the um, solution after that, uh, the war, we have this breakup of the colonial expansion of all the the major powers. Now, that's not to say that to say that colonialism had completely been abandoned because, you know, you still have, you know, Britain and India, et cetera. Vietnam is like this colonial territory of, or attempted territory of all these different superpowers as well. So, you know, there's further conflicts to, to come about, but really we see a lot of the Jewish population flood to the, you know, Israel during world war two, obviously due to the Holocaust, there was this, movement to get out of Poland and Germany, et cetera, anywhere where anywhere Hitler the, was yeah. trying to conquer and anywhere take over. in Europe. Yeah. 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 So, um, so th- there's this element of, okay, well now there's this influx of two different sides that relatively do not get along per se. Um, and you know, it's only escalated since. Is that the, the whole history? Well, no. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know if you wanted to chime in. I don't want to just oh, Brian, no. on and on. You know what? It's, it's perfect. These opportunities okay. where you can uh, <laughs> you, you go... Because you, you hear the teacher come out in you. Okay. Um, and so, no, I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> okay. So, so after, after World War II, um, there's what's called the catastrophe. And essentially, there's this issue between um, uh, Jordan, right? And the, the West Bank in, in Egypt is pushing over onto Gaza and Jerusalem is then divided, right? And there's the West and the East. And, and I think it's, it's, um, important to point out why this is so important, this land, because both, mm-hmm. um, Arabs and, um, uh, Jewish people see this as the Holy land. Yeah. I mean, so this really comes down to a, a religious battle. Yeah, I mean, if, if you think about like Jerusalem, it's it's pretty much the center. Like that area is the center of all, th- well, I guess you could say all three major re- Western religions of of Islam, uh, Judaism, and Christianity as well. So you have all of these, you know, the central site for all of the major Western religions. Now mm-hmm. that leaves out Hinduism and Buddhism, etc. Well, those you see in like India and right, um, yeah, Taoism in China, yeah. all of that. So those are the the Eastern. But when we talk Western religion, yeah, Jerusalem is kind of a focal point, and and that's why it is so contested. Like, if that is where you worship, it's hard to just say, well, okay, you can have that. I'm going to go worship elsewhere. Um, you know, so it, it's 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 easy to kind of lose that sentiment. I'm glad you brought that up. Like that is something so important to to both sides here. Um, well, I would say that's the whole conflict. I mean, that's the that's the the base of it. Yeah, I would say that. Um, unfortunately, it's that that's the 
the I mean, is the it talking too, is point. It, is I think it, is it's it the too, talking you, point. You, you, I think it's do. become more politicized. Really? Yeah. Because, what do you think the biggest conflict is then? Well, I think really it's it's the the religious aspects are the foundational aspect to both sides, right? But really, you have a conflict between um, you know Netanyahu and the Israelis, and then you have Hamas and the Palestinians. Now, Hamas isn't necessarily. Um, the Palestinian f- force, right? But it is a terrorist group that has been harbored in Palestine. And you have their actions against Israel and back and forth. Um, and both are kind of, I think, using the religious aspects to continue the conflict. Because I think Israel wants the Palestinians out. Okay. I think Palestine wants to stay in. Okay. And both use... Um, this conflict is a way for like Israel to continue getting military support from the United States and et cetera. Um, you have the Palestinians. Hamas can really continue to um, extract power from this conflict. Like mm-hmm. they can continue recruiting people saying like, Hey, this is our land. And you know, it's a really easy way for both sides to continue by continuing the struggle to maintain their power. Hmm. It's, it's for me, I look at it as more of a power dynamic of, um, two uh, superpowers within that region, one a terrorist group and one a heavily uh, supported group uh, via you know, the United States in terms of money and, and uh, military power. And if we look at it, the worst part about it is how many innocent people are dying on both right. sides. Um, so it would be akin to like Syria where you had this, okay, you know, Al-Bashard, and then you have these innocent people who are trying to rise up against them and you know they're all killing each other and really what ends up happening is all these children are dying you know hospitals are getting blown up etc and we're seeing that again where and I'll talk a little bit more about this but Israel is fighting back and it's very indiscriminate in which they are attacking right so they're mm-hmm. firing you know Hamas you know attacks them and then they indiscriminately bomb everything and they right. have the power to do so. And that's that's wherein lies the problem. That's what's very interesting, too, is that, I mean, it's the difference of firepower mm-hmm. of Israel versus Palestine mm-hmm. uh, or Israel versus Hamas, um, because obviously Israel has a ton of firepower um, to the tunes of billions of U.S. dollars every year yeah the united states uh contributes three billion dollars a year to israel's military alone right and, and now what's funny aid. and what's funny too is they don't because a lot of that money comes back to the u.s because a lot of the the um the firearms and the the rockets and yeah. stuff they buy they buy from us yes. um but not all of it yes yeah and it's it is a very valuable proposition if you're talking strictly economics like no morality right, right. or or ethics behind it mm-hmm. it is a very lucrative um relationship both ways right they're getting tons billions in aid um they have an incredible um arms dealership i guess you could say in terms of like their ability to supply you know military aid mm-hmm. uh you know which we would then pay for but uh the Isra- the Israeli army is known as one of the best trained in the world, right? And, and in Israel, everybody everybody is required to join the right, military, right? And I think it's I, I want to say it's something like four years or two years. I don't I don't know that off the top of my head, but 
um, they, they serve a certain um, uh, amount of time. Not to digress, how would you feel about that in America? Um, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I feel as though, um, structure is so good for so many people's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that one way that the school system fails us right now is it doesn't always necessarily, um, it doesn't really teach you to be self-sufficient. You know what I mean? Um, I think that there's a lot of things that are missed, um, in our education system currently. And I think that perhaps the military could be a good uh, thing to add into that, something that could help people, you know what I mean, with that portion of their lives. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I guess, you know, it's almost like paying your taxes, you know what I mean? If you want to live here, um, you need to do your chores, I suppose. I often looked at that, and once again, not to digress too much, but I almost felt like people should have to either do one of two services, and that's either A, go to the military, or mm-hmm. B, work in a restaurant. Yeah. And, I, and it I sounds, know, it sounds that, joking, but yeah. like just for people to start to appreciate like those that are actually serving others, right? Right. Like I think it would, it would reframe so many people's perspectives. Yeah. No, for sure. Right, like sure. you, the the way we treat others in this country, mm-hmm. you can tell who like worked in a restaurant and who yeah. hasn't. Yeah, right. I think it's a matter of discipline. You know what I mean? People need sometimes. I th- I think that the younger generations that I see now, there's, you know what I mean? There's less of that discipline aspect, and I think that doing some sort of service kind of yeah. builds character yeah. um, and helps you become a well-rounded individual. But you know, yeah, it's definitely creates a more self selfless outlook if yeah. you if you you know commit to doing some sort of service whether and and that could just also be like the peace corps or something like that and i and i say restaurants jokingly but really any kind of service community yeah. service like it should almost be mandatory that you do that so you understand what it's like to serve others and you develop a sense of community uh, which I think that in in general America has been lacking. Um, yeah. But yeah, getting back on track, you know, one of the big issues with the Israel-Palestine conflict is when we start to see how quickly people are dying, um, specifically in Gaza. Um, I think it was 100, yeah, last I saw, um, I was looking at an article today. Um, so as of, I believe, Friday, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So, sorry, yesterday. 145 people as of yesterday had already died in Palestine. Um, I was watching videos of um, Palestinian civilians, Mm -hmm. you know, asking, all I want to do is eat, right? So, when we also look at Palestine, there's also a lot of issues when you see, like, essentially a terrorist organization Mm -hmm. running that area. Right. Um, not not truly running, but like basically controlling an area. When we look right. at like Afghanistan with the It'd Taliban, be, well, it's it's and also similarly to the cartel in Mexico. Yeah, so there's this disproportionate amount of resources going one direction versus like the other, right? Yeah. So the civilians aren't getting the aid. Well, when we look at like Somalia, right? right. When yeah. Americans were providing relief, the you know the the 
uh, gangs of Somalia were essentially taking all that relief and divvying yeah. it up how they wanted and then utilizing it to, to build up their resources further. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a very similar situation with Palestine. Now, um, essentially what had happened was Israeli police, and this is the, what we've seen reported so far is that, you know, Israeli police had gone into a mosque uh, and now this all started essentially at the beginning of Ramadan, which is mm-hmm. one of the holiest periods of all of Islam, mm-hmm. right? And it's if you have Islamic friends, they know like you know that they have to fast, and it's you know a time of worship and sacrifice and all of that. And essentially, what had happened was Israeli police um, cut the speakers in a mosque, and mm-hmm. the speakers were to uh, you know to uh, to. Um vocalize the, the prayer, prayer to right so yeah. i was gonna say blast out and then i was like oh shit that's bad verbiage but essentially it's it's amplifying the prayer mm-hmm. right so they cut those and it was you know hamas had word of this and that's like you know an attack on their religion they felt and then it started to escalate from there yeah i mean if you're gonna if you give any reason for a terrorist organization to attack they're going to utilize that right, right? Yeah. to the to their own defense now um, Israel has since defended it. The problem here is, you know, the world has to start to do something. Now, if you go back into this podcast, I want to say in like the 20s or 30s of our episodes, mm-hmm. um, we're at in the in the 80s now, but it was like somewhere in the 20s or 30s, we did one on foreign uh, foreign affairs. And I had criticized the... Trump dealings with Netanyahu. Mm -hmm. And he said, basically, he brokered the deal of a century between the Palestinians and the Israelis. And I made note, there were no Palestinians during, like, at the table. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's not good. What do you think is going to happen? I was like, it's going to escalate eventually. Mm -hmm. And here we are. And it's not necessarily a condemnation of of Trump. It's years and years of, of, of America providing aid to one side Mm -hmm. and then never trying to mediate for the other. Right. Um, And, you know, here we stand with Biden coming and saying, well, Israel is, is essentially a country that has a right to defend itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that that's something that's ever going to change. I don't see the U S really stepping in um, because it's, I mean, to, to them, it's it's to the to the government's a sweet a, a sweet deal to have you know the military power over there, the military backup to be able to have bases, um, all that kind of stuff. Because I mean, that's really all we're getting out of it. There's nothing else that it's not like we get any major commodities from Israel that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the commodities we receive are are you know weaponry or artillery, yeah. etc. Yeah. Plus, you know, the other thing is it's a it's a it's a uh, strategic, you know, standpoint for America to have a reliable ally in the Middle East, where we've, you know, left yeah, many fingerprints. There are only our only ones. Yeah, I mean, we've destabilized that area for years and years. I mean, you can go back to the destabilization of of Afghanistan when they were fighting against Russia, mm-hmm. and we essentially gave all kinds of military training and weaponry to what would become the Taliban. Um, we gave that to them, and then obviously they didn't like us. Uh, and 
since then, you know, Osama bin Laden rose to power, but he was part of that group that we were essentially fundraising for. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go back, there's a, an, an excellent movie called Charlie Wilson's War with um, uh, Tom Hanks, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Julia Roberts that covers, like, Charlie Wilson was this Texas representative, I want to say, or con- he was a congressman. I don't know if he was a senator. I think he was a rep. Um, but essentially he saw the Russians looking to expand into the Middle East and kind of take over this area and to fight communism. He, you know, ensured that he helped raise money, uh, for raise money and bring military aid to, Mm -hmm. uh, the natives of the land. And the biggest thing was essentially the Blackhawks or not Blackhawks, the Russian helicopters were the toughest aspect for them to fight. Okay. And so getting RPGs was a huge, like a huge advance for the, uh, the natives of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, we bankrolled that, uh, fight. We just didn't want to get our hands dirty and that's what we do. We, you know, bankroll these outfits and then, you know, all of a sudden. And speaking of, uh, um, Pearl Harbor, I mean, that's what we were doing during world war two. That's all we wanted. To yeah, do. yeah. And w- Roosevelt said, "Yeah, this is going to help the economy. War is yeah. war is good for us." Well, um, and yeah, so we sold um, weapons to anybody who really wanted to buy them. Well, well, we did. No, we we sold to both sides. And what what ended up happening is we started selling more to the British and French, mm-hmm. um, which pissed off the Germans. And then Japan was like, "Well, we're friends with you. We'll take care of it. Yeah, and we'll go. We'll take care of the the Pacific. Mm-hmm. And what we'll do is we'll we'll bomb Pearl Harbor." Um, but you're right. In World War II, essentially, the reason people think like, "Oh, war is a, a profitable experience for America," it's not. It's when we stood out and we controlled the debt because we were supplying everyone, and they right. owed us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it became a very profitable market for us. Uh, we saw in, in, you know, the Persian Gulf and then the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, it's profitable for private companies, but in general, it's not very good for us as a country. We've sunk trillions and trillions of dollars into it. And, you know, Joe Biden has just now said by 9-11, um, it'll have been 20 years we're there. It's time to, to fully exit yeah. that area. Pack it up. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, getting back on track here. Well, and that's and and, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry because no, you're, you're trying to get back on track too. And I, I think that's why there is so there are so many issues I should say um, in that area of the Middle East too, because we go in there, we fight for a long time, and then we just kind of bail out and leave them high and dry. Yes, yes, absolutely. And when we're looking at the Israeli-Palestinian conflict now. Mm-hmm. One of the worst parts about it is Benjamin Netanyahu, mm-hmm. right? Who is the current ruler of Israel, I, I, prime, prime minister. minister. And uh, Jinx, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, do I have to say Brian? Yeah, I, don't know, do. I don't know. Okay. How, I don't know how no, jinxes no, no, no. work. <laughs> In that, hopefully, my wife is listening. We take <laughs> jinxes very seriously. I'm not superstitious, oh. but like it's a real game in our house. Like Nora jinxed me and didn't realize she had to say my name. And it was like for 30 minutes, I just didn't say a word. And she was like, what's wrong? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, Netanyahu is essentially becoming more and more of an authoritarian. Uh, so much so that he's actually being investigated for corruption, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, he got very, very close with the Trump administration um, during this time. Uh, of where he was being investigated for um, corruption. And 
he's become very intolerant of the Palestinian people. So even his verbiage, like the way he speaks of them, it's like it has very serious racial undertones. Okay. And it's um, it's creating a dehumanizing experience for the Palestinians. Like if, if I were to say they are lesser than us, the us of the equation will start to say, well, yeah, why are they there? And it, it continues to escalate. At no point is he like, hey, we need to work together to have both independent states be here and be peaceful like this this war is benefiting no one except the people in power right and yeah. it, it it furthers well netanyahu is the one controlling the situation we need someone who's strong that can control the situation right very similarly you know the first election i voted in was for bush mm-hmm. and the reason i voted for him was like well we're in a war that you know was started in his administration they know how to handle it we need to continue you know, having him in power for this time being. Right. Um, so a lot of people will probably be very sympathetic to Netanyahu uh, because they're like, well, we need someone who can control the situation. And he's a corrupt individual and has been very, um, I would say, racist in his actions and in, in, uh, speaking engagements towards the Palestinians. Yeah. Um I just I, I I don't see why they couldn't just split the land fifty fifty. Well, it's not you even I mean? it's and not even fifty fifty. It's just the 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 bank in the Gaza Strip that needs to be protected. That's it. Yeah. And Israel doesn't what, want to have any of it or give any of that away. Well, what do you think needs to be done? So let's get if you don't mind. Yeah. Let's get into a little bit of because we've already kind of touched on U.S. involvement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let's go a step further. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that we could do as the U.S. or what do you think the U.S. should do in this scenario? Well, I think the, the number one thing is is um, engage. Okay. I don't think we should be sitting on the sidelines. Okay. Are you saying send troops or are no. you saying, okay. No. So there are far better ways to engage here. No, that's why I just yeah. wanted to clarify. No, I know. I think it's a great point because a lot of times uh, when we talk about engaging, it's usually... Uh, well, we're going to send troops in, right? Uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, et cetera, even, you know, Syria, we, we got, you know, troops on the ground in that area, Libya. Um, I think here, the most notable way to engage here is to say, okay, you know, Netanyahu, you know, needs to come to the table and we need to get some sort of Palestinian government officials, not Hamas, but we need to get government officials from Palestine to come to the table and negotiate this um, ceasefire, okay. right? We need to yeah. we, first. We need Step to stop one. the violence, right? Right. The 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 worst part about this is the collateral damage that is happening. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most notably, because Israel's strong military, they're bombing indiscriminately. There's so much collateral damage on the Palestinian side, mm-hmm. and if we're going to have hope for the future, you can't you can't damage poor people. Mm-hmm. and not expect them to retaliate in a way that acts like a terrorist organization. Yeah. And what I mean by that is when you have nothing left, you have nothing to turn to, what do you do in any poor situation? You usually turn to violence. Right. And we see that in like the gangs of Chicago. We see that in any terrorist organization. You know, you're not seeing the wealthy people jump into the Crips and the Bloods. No. You're not seeing wealthy people turn into terrorist organizations. What happens is essentially 
these poor, less educated communities have nowhere to turn to, and they turn to this radical-like behavior okay. because they have nothing. So if we can stop that from happening by you know, lessening the violent retaliations, that would be huge. So we start with a ceasefire. Okay. And then we say, listen, Netanyahu needs to either tone down his rhetoric or get the fuck out. And how do we do that? We actually sanction them. All the time we're sanctioning like China and Russia and, you know, that can be effective or we're, we're sanctioning, you know, areas of the world that, that it, it doesn't affect them the way we want them to. So if we were to sanction something like Israel, which is a relatively wealthy country, that hurts them, mm-hmm. right? When you, when you sanction marginalized communities, that just radicalizes them further. They, right. they get poorer and then more angry. So if you were to say, well, we're going to start cutting off the military budget that we're sending over to you every year. We don't need you for your arms. We, we like that relationship, but we're willing to cut that relationship off. And we're not going to send you three, three to $4 billion a year. All of a sudden they're like, okay, we'll go to the table. So if you were to sanction them and say, hey, you have to come to the table. So you negotiate a ceasefire and then okay. you, you somehow figure out a way to negotiate where both independent states can live in peace and it has to be this is your land this is your land and okay. and that's it there there can't be this back and forth and and one of the biggest issues with the trump netanyahu deal was there were no palestinians present right like so they said, didn't yeah. have a voice yeah so you have to have some voices from the palestinian side there and it can't be the Hamas because they're terrorists and they have bad, they would negotiate in bad faith. But is it our job as a country to mediate? That's my question. Because part of me truly believes that we just need to, um, if you have two kids that are fighting over nonsense, and I'm not saying that, you know, uh, that Gaza and the, um, the West Bank are, are nonsense, you know what I mean? It's important to them for, for, for their yeah. reasons. But if you have two kids squabbling over something, fighting over something, sometimes it's best to just let them have it out. And I'm not saying, I, I mean, obviously I don't want all this fighting to continue to go on, but is it our job to actually go over there and do it? Or at what point do we sit back and say, okay, well, we're just going to have to let this play out. I agree. So, I think and that's, that's and I know a, that's more of an an isolationist yeah. I, idea, but yeah. so if we're going to be isolationist, though, be isolationist. Exactly, and I'm saying so I'm like, saying drop out. Nope, you're not getting your 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 arms from us. We're yeah. not supporting your military yeah. anymore. Palestine, we haven't been doing anything for you anyway, so nothing new for you. But well, and that's the problem is is essentially we've been funneling money to the bully. Right. Well, and why don't we just uh... so so it's almost like we if we're going to be this country that determines what's right, you know, in court in 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 regards to human rights activity, you know, um, activities like we want to be this advocate for human rights across the world. Right. We can't be essentially supporting financially supporting human rights atrocities, which yeah. is happening right now. And like I said, Israel has a right to defend itself. It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. But you can't indiscriminately bomb an entire group of people. Well, especially if you have that advanced of a military, too. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like you can't really aim it. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, well, and what was it? It was um, the Associated Press, bu- press Building in Gaza. 
Mm. That was the one that just got hit. Yeah, yeah, and reporters were dying. Yeah, reporters and children aren't. Well, and I, this, I think the story that uh, Israel is telling is that they called and gave them an hour to evacuate. Yeah, but they should have had no right to bomb that building. Well, right. Oh, for sure. I'm just. I. It was. It's just like. I mean, I guess thanks for the courtesy call, but like, <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, that you're absolutely right. And so, that's I just like I, you know. And here's the thing too. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm a parent now. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you would have talked to me five years ago, it it probably wouldn't have been a different thought process. But like. I listened to, so obviously because we do the podcast, I listen to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. And um, one that I've slowly been weaning myself off of that I used to really enjoy is one called Medical Murders. Mm-hmm. It's a podcast uh, original. It's on Spotify. Um, and it's basically just talking about doctors, nurses, dentists, people who took the Hippocratic Oath um, and then ended up Violating becoming it. serial killers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've stopped listening to it because a lot of so many of them involve like harm to children. Yeah. And I can't even listen to I can't even listen to a podcast about a guy from the 1800s who did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let alone would I ever, you know, and, th- and that's why I, when I look at this scenario and I just think about these kids who are like are helpless, they haven't built up. Some of them probably haven't even built up these intolerances of other people, whether they be Palestinian or or or, or Jewish. Um, it's just, it's hard to stomach. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think you're right. And you know, for those people listening to the podcast that aren't parents, I think anytime you see children being harmed, um, that's the hardest part of, of, you know, watching any violence. Right. Uh, Even when we talk about Iraq and Afghanistan, um, you know, obviously the United States tried to do its best to limit collateral damage, but it was still very inefficient, right? And and there was a lot of collateral damage. And what ends up happening is like, hey, you know, a child loses his family and, and, uh, you know, sees where the bombs came from. Like, why would they respect the United States? I was literally going to go there next. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You're you're furthering um, the divide. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, greatening the divide, it's hard to, to empathize with terrorist organizations, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously they're, they're evil in nature, right? They're trying to create terror, which is, you know, you know, eliciting fear out of people, right? Mm -hmm. Terror. But the idea here is the reason people become involved. Now the highest leadership of them are just evil and money hungry and greedy or whatever, or just extremely angry and evil. But a lot of the grunts, if you will, are generally just, you know, poor, uneducated people that were radicalized due to trauma, traumatic events. And, you know, that's we're going to continue seeing this vicious cycle that is happening. And if we want to get rid of Hamas, it's not let's go bomb the shit out of, you know, Hamas strongholds. It's how about we liberate the people and help those people in Palestine and lift them up. We can help lift those types of those types of places like in Palestine and continue lifting Israel up. And that's the thing is like Netanyahu is bad. Hamas is bad. But Israelis and Palestinians, they're not bad people. Neither side, just like Americans aren't bad, Mexicans aren't bad, Canadians aren't bad. And by nature, people aren't bad. 
I'm, I'm a big, you know, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, the, the blank canvas, right? Everyone is born a blank canvas and people become what the environment paints onto them. And if you are in this type of environment where at two years old, all you know is bombing and violence, do you think you're not going to be a violent person? Once in a great while, a rose spreads from the concrete, but in general, you're going to be violent. Hmm. So it's so important that, like, I do agree. <clears throat> I don't want boots on the ground. But the United States has a specific point of leverage in this situation with Israel. Israel is the, for lack of a better term, the bully here. They have the power. They have the bigger military. They have the better military. They get tons of money from us. Yeah. They have the leverage here. We have the leverage over them. Yeah. So it's instead of Biden stepping back and being isolationist and saying, hey, Israel has the right to defend itself. Okay. But what can we do better? What can we do to help here? And it's like, hey, if we started sanctioning Israel and saying, hey, this indiscriminate bombing can't happen. Yeah. I think we would start to see um, some production, some some positive production come from that area. Yeah, it's interesting because that is something um, that I think could be done fairly easily. Um, and I think it would be at least uh, slightly effective. You know what I mean? In, in, in regards to less innocent lives being lost. Um, I just, yeah, I, I don't see why we haven't done it. Well, the problem is, is nationalism is becoming a very, very prevalent thing. Yeah. We saw that, you know, even domestically, one thing that we talked about, I was very terrified about this whole make America great again. And like, we're the best country in the world and we need to do this to yeah. protect ourselves. And it was, it was um, radicalizing even domestic issues. And when we see nationalism, it's happening in Africa, it's happening in the Middle East, it's happening in Europe and in Asia. And as everyone is constantly trying to pivot into a more um, productive spot for themselves, we're, we're forgetting that this is a global community. Now, one thing I saw, you know, during the global pandemic was it didn't matter China and U.S. relations, it was like, hey, we need to work together to figure out where this came from, how we can figure out a mm -hmm. vaccination, et cetera. What can we do? And, you know, countries were all working together. And now the pandemic is starting to dim down in a lot of areas. And it's like back to business as usual. Right. It's like, let's continue escalating. And it was like, man, if we could have just, you know, kept on with that sentiment of this is a global community. What can we do for the betterment of all? Man, that would have been nice. Yeah, well, and I think part of that um, that teamwork was really because it it benefited them. Oh, yeah, mutually you know I mean? beneficial. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wish people would realize that it's mutually beneficial to uh, help each other all the time. But, you know, because that way there's nobody trying to fight each other. Yeah, and, and you know, here's another aspect. To, to show the disproportionate um, level of care in Israel – you know, Israelis versus Palestinians, we see the vaccination rollout in Israel. Yeah. It was one of the most effective rollouts. Um, but the more poor communities of Palestine, there was almost zero vaccinations in that area. Um, whereas Israel had hit the 80%, you know, the, the magic number for you know, her, herd, herd immunity. immunity yeah. 
um, they hit 80% relatively quickly. And it was almost mandated by the government that, hey, you're getting vaccinated. Here it is. Like, you go then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why they were able to hit so quickly. Um, so, you know, and that is a credit to Netanyahu, you know. Unfortunately. Or his team. Well, yeah, I mean, and don't take this out of context, please, but there are levels of efficiency that authoritarianism brings, right? So, like, oh, for sure. No, the reason China and Israel and like some of these other countries were able to administer so many vaccinations so quickly is you didn't have a fucking choice. Whereas in America, Everyone has a choice and people are like, oh, you can't invade my, you, you can't microchip me and all this other shit. Yeah. And that's fine. Like choice. And that's what makes America great with certain things. But there's also some detriments. Um, so I'm not supporting that Net- Netanyahu in that sense, but that's why they were, ex- uh, you know, successful I- with the vaccinations. But you saw a, a, a terrible imbalance between Israel Israeli vaccination versus Palestinian. I wonder what level uh, or at what level does it, uh, sorry, I'm paying attention to this bee that is flying around our studio <laughs> right open now. Air, <laughs> open air studio. This is what you get. Gosh. Um, I wonder to what degree with the rollouts of the vaccines and things like that, um, is it just like faith in your government? Not necessarily the fact that they may be somewhat authoritarian. What do you mean? Can you? I'm sorry. Can you? Can you, you see, clarify that a little bit? Yeah, more? of course I can. Yeah. I can try to. Anyways, my words aren't coming out great today. It's been a long uh, words long, good. Yeah, it's been a long work weekend for me, and a lot of caffeine today to stay awake. But um, so, for instance, you're saying that uh, Israel was able to get the vaccine, hit that 80 percent mark very quickly mm-hmm. because you have one dude running the show. Well, it's it's not only one dude running the show. I don't think like whether Trump or Biden were in office, like there's just no level of like they you can't force people in a democratic nation. Correct. Yeah. Now, Israel is quote unquote democratic, but we're seeing a level of corruption we haven't we didn't know even Correct. when Netanyahu first obtained power. But we saw we did also see Germany. Germany's rollout was fantastic as well. Well, yeah, that was... uh, And I think that that has a lot to do with when the government tells the people of Germany to do something, they trust that the government is making decisions in their best interest. Yeah. Whereas we don't have that same faith here in the U.S. (laughs) I'm smiling because it's like, yeah... They, they did some bad things in the past oh, under the yeah, same context, yeah, yeah. but you're right. And every time I think there's, of, there's t- a lot of, in Europe in general, mm-hmm. right? There was a lot of, uh, whether it was Angela Merkel or Macron or even Boris Johnson in the UK, mm-hmm. people bought into the system. It was like, hey, this is something that's important to us. Um, so we're going to, uh, you know, follow what the leader is telling us, even when yeah. they disagreed. And, and there were some, you know, there's opposition to that, but that I'm I'm just I mean like your point sank in, but it's sinking in a little bit yeah, further now. Yeah. It's just yeah. like I'm especially with Germany. Well, and I'm just making my own little Germany jokes in yeah. my head because I always think of um, Parks and Recreation when Andy is choosing his country for um, United Nations. Oh, is that, is that the game? What's the game where like you're you're a country and you got to solve the world's problem? Oh, oh yeah, continue on. But anyways, yeah. Um, well, no, I, I'm, yeah, point done. <laughs> okay, so so yeah, I, I do understand. Like when it comes to vaccinations, it's a trust in government, it's trust in in whatever. But there's also a level like China 
there's probably not a lot of trust in government, but they were able to roll out vaccines, you know, very well, except to the rural areas. But, you know, people got vaccinated relatively quickly. It wasn't as effective as the, you know, Moderna and and Pfizer rollout, but in terms of the efficacy of the vaccination, but it was able to be more effective. And we saw similarly in Israel, which isn't a true um, authoritarian rule, but it's, it's, going closer to that than it is back to democracy. Um, And, you know, a lot of, I guess you would say a lot of Democrats that aren't centrist, that are more like the AOCs and Bernie Sanders have been very, very critical of, of um, not only Netanyahu, but also our position, whether it was Trump or even Biden. I, I believe AOC and I know Bernie wrote a, an opinion piece for the New York times. And he was saying like, this isn't good enough. Like saying, well, you know, they need to defend themselves. So let's stay out of it. It's like, well, no, you you're not staying out of it by, by supplying that defense. And it's interesting too, because isn't Bernie Jewish? Yeah. 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 Well, and Oh shoot. Who I was watching some son of a gun. Um, I I was watching, I've never seen that movie. I was watching, (laughs) I was watching uh, a Jewish man speak and someone was like, well, it's a very complex issue with, you know, Israel and uh, Palestine. He's like, it's not complex. And they they were like, you know, expecting him to just Mm -hmm. be like very pro Israel. He's like, you have an independent people looking to just live and you have another side that is bullying them. It's very simple. Um, And it's Hmm. unacceptable. So you've you've seen a lot of there's um, uh, uh, a group of I can't remember the the name of the um, advocacy group, but they're essentially a Jewish group supporting, you know, Arabs and Palestinians. Right. To continue to keep up the fight and um, prevail so they have their own independent land. So, you know, you have a nation of people that needs to be safe. And then they can continue building, right? Yeah. If they're never safe, they'll never be able to build up that community. Gosh. Because if you look at Maslow's hierarchy, right? The the hierarchy of needs. The number one thing is the idea of safety. Right. Are you able to survive? Yeah. And if you don't have food, shelter, water, or if you're being attacked by someone, you can't then build up, you know, education systems, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You can't build on, you know, not only the the need, the wants of the country, you can't even get past, you know, to the next level of needs. Right. If you can't get at least guarantee, portion. yeah, you yeah. can't guarantee survival. People are always going to live in fear. And that only breeds two things, right? Is anger and evil, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. So, so, you know, the United States saying once again, and I, and I keep saying it, but it really comes down to you're not isolationist if you're supporting one side. Right. So I, I think, you know, I, I've, I've liked a lot of what Biden has done. There are some some things I haven't liked. Um, and this is one of those things where I'm, I'm always trying to be as unbiased as possible. If I don't like something, whether it was Trump or, or Biden, I don't care. I'm going after it. And to sit back and say, well, a country has the right to defend itself, then fine. Let them defend themselves, but don't support them financially. So then what is your, so final thoughts here Yeah. as we begin to, uh, I like how we just kind of started that like final thoughts segment where it it allows us to wrap up. I I hope the Mad Libs community likes that. Yeah. We started doing that the last few episodes. Our own, our our own global community, no wars, no fights. Yeah. Just Just really good confrontational conversation. conversation. Yeah.
That leads to growth. Yeah. Except for my height. <laughs> that has not grown. <laughs> I'll tell you what else. No, never. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no. Go ahead. Um, final thoughts. So final want? thoughts yeah. here. Uh, and it, this is a question-based final thoughts. Okay. Um, what do you think? So we have the option to do two things, really, I see right now. Yeah. One is we become true isola- isol- isolationists from the, si- the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets any guns, uh, and we're not helping anybody. Yeah. Okay? If mm-hmm. Israel wants to kick us out of their, our bases, uh, so be it. Mm-hmm. So do we do that, or do we, do we try to come in as a mediator yes. and find solutions? I, I really do feel that if we were to sanction Israel or mm-hmm. well first you know don't don't just sanction them right no right give them the opportunity to say yeah. hey you always are tell, you willing yeah. to mediate yeah. yeah and if not okay now right. we're going to take measures to sanction you and you know lessen our influence on that area right we want to you know take that step back or I I do think personally we need to force our way in to mediate this issue because it's never going to resolve. And that's what we saw with, you know, the Trump mediation. Now, for to give him some credit, because I've just bashed his his deal, the deal of the century, which was in general shit. But the violence, there was no immediate violence. Like mm-hmm. the Palestinians didn't just erupt saying, well, hey, we weren't represented and then escalated. Right. Yeah. What had happened was, you know, this whole little issue at a mosque and then it allowed, you know, to further escalate. But because there was no peace deal and there never has been a peace deal really executed or enforced on Mm -hmm. either side. Yeah. These flare ups can happen at any moment. So there really needs to start to be some sort of ceasefire or peace deal put in place. So at least we have some ground rules where, oh, Palestine, you know, uh, invaded and therefore that was a, you know, they were the wrong here or Israel, you know, did something to a mosque and we can say, yeah, you were wrong here and we can step in and really legislate or, yeah. or mediate from there. We have an agreement in place. You're not upholding your part of the agreement. You're at fault. Now we have to sanction you or step in or do something. Hmm. So there has to be some sort of peace negotiation. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like, I like the sound of that. I think it sounds great. Um, I just, what's hard for me, mm-hmm. um, is I just don't feel like we should have to babysit the world. You oh, know I what agree. I mean? And I, and I, and that's almost what that feels like to me because yeah. it, it, you know, everything you're saying just reminds me of parenting. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, you were wrong here. Go to your room. Well, but I think you can't it, I think fucking it needs send, to you be... can't you can't send Israel to its room. Yeah, I think well, that's true. And I think there's, <laughs> you know, if we're stepping in I fact checked it. If, true. <laughs> that part's true. If if France and Germany mm-hmm. and England were on board, which, yeah. you know, yeah. we've we've started to repair those relationships since the Trump administration. Right. Um, you know, if you have all these other superpowers weighing in saying, "Hey, you know, we're a global alliance, we're a global community." And then it's like, hey, you know, you have a group of neighbors and one household is is causing issues. You can all say like, hey, this isn't okay. You're you're not going to be invited to the block party anymore. Yeah. Um. And and hopefully that can bring some some alleviation to the to the conflict. Hmm. Well, speaking of global communities, yeah, our Mad Libs community is pretty great. They're incredible. Wouldn't you agree, Brian? I sometimes I. I it's overwhelming to think about like 
Yeah. There's sometimes where, you know, we have hundreds of listeners on a single episode. Sometimes there's, you know, 50 or whatever. Yeah. 50 people, at the very minimum, 50 people sat and listened to us for 45 minutes to an hour, and I'm moved by that. Yeah. I think it's pretty... I mean, when we got one follower... The first follower, we were excited. And then we were like, well, we got to do two episodes a week then for that one person. (laughs) That is so accurate. (laughs) That wasn't our wives. Our wives were like first followers. But like when we started to see actual um, followers and and there were people who, you know, we might not have contacted in in a while or had consistent communication with that weren't family or or direct friends that we've got reacquainted with. It's been it's been wonderful. Yeah. So uh, thank you. And actually, my, my, my sweet little wife, she's still every... Uh, every Monday and uh, every Thursday, I you know what I mean. I'll be doing stuff with the kids, and because she's still working at home, and I hear it, and I'm like, turn. And Hi, I, Anna. I, I'm like, no, I'm like, turn that shit down, honey. I don't. I hate the sound of my voice. Well, I love it. You're so sweet. Yeah, you know that. And I love. And, her and you know what? Un- uh, and Uncle Jim, Uncle Jim still is yeah. strong too. Yeah, Jason out there. Yeah, I mean, we're we're very Pete. fortunate. We're we're yeah. so so fortunate. You know, if you can continue building the community, we're, I'm just we're giving thankful. shout outs to everybody. Yeah, we're, right now. we're so thankful for the support. Yeah. Uh, keep building this community. It's it's yours too. It's not just two guys talking in a garage. This is important, relevant information, but the conversation is what's most important and how to communicate about it. Yeah. And um, speaking of getting, and, and you know, again, it's been a long time since we've done a listener uh, requested uh, topic. So we do one of those. Yeah, I would love to. Anybody who wants to hear us say stuff. Yeah. Or hear us say stuff that's... Yeah, we're I gonna, am really we're like... Gonna, I am, we're going to have to start am, pumping up our, our ideas for the next live stream, which is going to be... We're going to be doing that. Yeah. We're going to be doing that. Uh, I think we should... I think... Can we announce? Possible cookout. Yeah. We want to do a Mad Libs barbecue. Yeah. So we're looking at maybe the... Uh, what did I say? End, end of August? Yeah. I think end of August. So we're going to start uh, brainstorming some dates and... You know, when my brain is at 100% capacity, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm beat up from this week. It was a long work week for yeah. me. And, then, and it's not easy to finish off with Israel, Palestine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, the thing is, it's so, uh, well, I, I hate to say it's interesting. It is interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the, the history behind it. And cause I mean, this is a conflict that's been going on for a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about 2021. So probably more than a hundred years. Yeah. But well, we love you guys. We appreciate you listening. Uh, Brian, I appreciate you. Thanks yeah. for being here. In your Do garage. good. Be great. Love you. Love you guys. I can see you now with a party at. We the ones that he's just letting through the back. We the misfits. How you gonna react? We insomniacs. We ain't get no sleep. Break the rules. Can't stay on beat. Making moves. Running through the streets. A to Z. Follow my lead. Saints status quo. This is rock and roll. This is skydive. Yellow now. This is bye bye. Ta ta. Adios. This is all or nothing.